The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast, the most important podcast in the universe. My name is Josh Norris. Before we get started, I want to say thank you for watching Roto World Live. We are back next Sunday at noon Eastern. The entire Roto World Football crew, minus Nick Minzio. I even heard Nick Minzio. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Because y'all are friends. Uh, like 10 people in his family got food poisoning from Thanksgiving. Uh, so yeah. I, I have been brainstorming how that happened, what exactly, what dish could have gone wrong. It's always the turkey. It's that, always the turkey. That's what we determined at work. Yeah. Um, but I, at big... some point, I think we can do a whole podcast on, you can ask him, ask him on Wednesday slash Thursday when the next episode of this podcast comes out, Ray Summerlin. We had a, uh, my wife's family for, for forever went up to a small town in central Texas where her, you know, the patriarch of her family grew up into this old, old house for Thanksgiving. And one year, one of the turkeys uh, was was bad. And yeah, it was it was literally it was literally 30 people getting sick. It was it was astounding how many people got sick. So, so yeah, was it like careful, an under, I'm, I'm guessing was it an undercooked turkey? Was it just a bad turkey? Like, how does that happen? Like, how do you eat an undercooked turkey? Well, this is what happens is people get fresh turkeys too far before they should get them. Got it. They get them like a week before right. and then end up with a fresh turkey sitting in the refrigerator for a week, which you shouldn't do. Right. And then like most, I think it's like two or three days and then people get sick. Yes. And there you go. This, Luckily, is why, this is why turkeys were are frozen mainly up until, you know, two or three days ahead of Thanksgiving. Like you might think it's a life hack to skip the line and skip the swarm and zombies of the grocery store. But no, then you end up with food poisoning like the Menzios. Uh, should not laugh, but that's just what happens. Um, by the way, I mentioned the Thursday and Friday episode of this podcast. That's why you should subscribe. Yes, do that. We appreciate it. And he introduced himself, so I will bring him on once again. It's Ray Summerlin. He writes the waiver column over at Roto World. Ray, I was going to ask you like about your weekend, but I feel like we've already filibustered enough about Knicks. So there's, no thing, there's nothing <laughs> that can top that, to be honest. Uh, let's get into the waiver week. Um, you know, it's a, it's an important week in fantasy football week 13 for many right before the playoffs begin. So let's maybe find a few names that can help people out there. And does the list start with Mike Davis, which is kind of an uncertainty for this week? Yeah. I mean, coach Pete Carroll has on multiple occasions already. We recorded this on Monday night. He has already multiple times after the game on Monday, I believe twice on Monday already said that Mike Davis is going to play. 
But if you've been following the Seahawks for the past couple of years, you've realized that Pete Carroll is not the most reliable source of information on injuries. Specifically, he is generally more optimistic than he probably should be. But the fact that they've been confidently saying, not I think he has a good chance to play this week, he will be back this week, suggests that that will happen. Now, he's not coming back to a good matchup. In fact, he's coming back to one of the worst matchups possible against the Eagles. In fact, we'll talk about someone here in a second that I think if if the things fall correctly, he would be a better one-week option than Mike Davis. But what we're looking at is a player who could just become Seattle's number one running back. They seem unwilling to give that kind of a role to Jay-Z McKissick. We saw Eddie Lacy, you know, have that role last week and really, you know, do Eddie Lacy things with it. So not much of anything and fall over trying to moderately change directions. Thomas Rawls played one snap, so that's not happening either. So unless Chris Carson is able to come back, and again, we'll talk about him a little bit later, this looks like this could be Mike Davis's backfield the rest of the way. And that makes, you know, that makes it a good idea to add him because they do have some some pretty nice matchups down the stretch. You you mentioned a few things I want to hit on. Uh, one, yeah, Eddie Lacy had like 20 touches compared to J.D. McKissick's eight, which yeah. makes zero sense. Agreed. Even though, like, they again, they probably view McKissick in like the C.J. Procise role, but it doesn't matter what role you think he should play or does play. He's been better than Eddie Lacy. Um, and two, yes, Pete Carroll is mostly optimistic about everything in the world minus Kristen Michael. So other than that, yes, I, I agree with you uh, with this. Let's move on maybe to the name that you foreshadowed a little bit. Jacquez Rogers, you know, the Bucks backfield, people have scored points except for Doug Martin. Uh, oh, short so touchdowns, sad. things like that in the red zone. Meanwhile, Doug Martin spits out like four, five, six points, something like that. Uh, tell me about Jacquez Rogers, who we were expecting to have starting value to open the season. I don't even remember if that actually happened. It did. He was he was actually pretty fine because he just whenever he's the starter, he gets a lot of work. And, and that's really all you really need to know to to think about him as an ad this week. Doug Martin suffered a concussion. We at this point in the week have no idea if he's going to play. I think you kind of have to approach it from the fact that he's not going to play. And if that's the case, we're going to have Jaquiz Rogers as the starter. Peyton Barber did score two touchdowns, but Rogers pretty easily outsnapped him against Atlanta, and it's it almost certainly going to be the starter. And they're going to have a solid matchup this week against the Packers. I think that makes Rogers worth adding in all leagues. And like I said, if if it so happens that Doug Martin is not going to play this week, then I think that Rodgers would actually be a better one-week addition than Mike Davis. So if all you're looking for is, I have to have a win in Week 13, I need Week 13 to you know really get into the playoffs, I think that if Doug Martin sits, Rodgers is going to be higher in my rankings than Mike Davis. So kind of, I guess, when you're, when you're prioritizing your pickups, kind of keep those kinds of things in mind. Let's move over to Zay Jones, who, you know, started the season very poorly. His catch rate was abysmal. But has improved over the last few weeks, even when he, you know, got nicked up a little bit a few weeks ago. Um, I like Zay Jones as a prospect. And again, we shouldn't, you know, completely destroy guys early on in their rookie season, especially if they show signs of life at the end of it. And Zay Jones is doing that so far. Yeah, and I was looking at last week, I was looking at Zay Jones as kind of like a one week ad pretty good matchup against Kansas City, was going to be the number one receiver and, you know, hope it pans out. And it kind of panned out. I mean, he got into the end zone, but he only caught three of his 10 targets. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of call that a wash, but you'll but you'll take the touchdown for sure. 
But now there's news coming out that Kelvin Benjamin actually has a torn meniscus, which could be a much longer recovery than maybe we thought to begin with, which leaves Jones in a position where he could just be the number one receiver for maybe not the rest of the season, but for several weeks. And if you look at the Bills' schedule, the Bills' schedule, at least from a passing perspective, is really good the rest of the way. They get the Patriots this week, then they get the Colts, then they get the Dolphins, the Patriots again, and then the Dolphins again. The Patriots have been playing better defense of late, so that's not the matchup it was early in the season. But, I mean, Colts and Dolphins, you you have to love that. And if Zay Jones is going to come in and be the number one receiver, get 10 targets like he did against the Chiefs, even seven targets as he was getting the games before, that's going to make him, at, at the very least, a top 40 receiver worth a look in you know deeper leagues and and maybe even more than that if he can continue to improve as he's been improving. Would you start Tyrod the rest of the season over Dak Prescott? I don't know about rest of the season because I, I think with Prescott we have to understand that he's actually played some good defenses and I think that I think that we're you know overreacting from this three game run and maybe not overreacting reacting perhaps appropriately to what we've seen this three game run. But their schedule has has been kind of tough aside from that one game against Atlanta that they were without Tyron Smith. If it continues this week against Washington, they get the Giants after that, the Raiders after that. If he can't do anything over this next three games, then you start to get a little more worried. Right. But would I start Tyrod this week over Prescott? Probably next week. Well, I, I guess we'll just have to see. I think it's going to be a fluid situation. But to your point, the fact that that's a conversation yeah. is – it says something about how bad Prescott has been the last three weeks. And if you have Prescott on your roster, you might want to spend it on Tyrod because I know a lot of people probably didn't pick him up last week, even though you yep. know many articles said you should do so. But now he's obviously the biggest pickup out there among streaming quarterbacks. Yeah, um, he's still out there in 51% of Yahoo. There we go. So right on the threshold. Let's go to D.D. Westbrook. I don't even know what D.D. Westbrook did. Uh, I know that there were some drop passes in the Jaguars game, but I also know that Blake Bortles only completed three passes beyond five yards downfield. Uh, you and I could do that, right? Uh, so tell me about D.D. Westbrook and just this wonderful passing game of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get terribly excited about any of it, but it is at least worth noting that D.D. Westbrook has 16 targets in the last two games, as only two hmm. games as a, as a pro. He had 10 targets against Arizona. Now, some of that can be explained away with Marquise Lee being, you know, stuck in the shadow coverage of Patrick Peterson, something that's not going to be a problem this week against Indianapolis. But like I said, even the week before, he saw six targets. And if he's going to continue to get work, I mean, this is a guy we would expect to at some point in the future blow up with a big play or two. And I think that it seems like they're going to continue to get him work, continue to get him targets. And that makes him at least interesting, especially in good matchups. Like I said, they're going to have this week against Indianapolis. They will have in two weeks, in week 15, against the, excuse me, in, yeah, two weeks, that's the one, against the Houston Texans. So I think that, I think that there are some opportunities here for Westbrook to, to kind of have his big explosion of a game, if that is even going to happen in this offense. And that makes him pretty much what he's been in the recent past. Someone worth picking up, stashing, maybe in deeper leagues using if you're in a pinch. But I think that's kind of still where he sits right now. Ray, we go from Blake Bortles to Blue Apron. 
this is much more of a positive conversation because I know you are the biggest Blue Apron fan in the world. And before you get to any of your comments, and they're only going to be positive ones, I know, I need to tell all of you out there that Blue Apron is treating the Roto World Football Podcast listeners to their first dinner a $30 value if you visit blueapron.com slash rotofb. Again, blueapron.com slash rotofb, a $30 value. Check it out. Ray, tell the good people out there about Blue Apron a little bit. Well, it's a it's this great service where they they pack up all the ingredients you need to, to cook three delicious meals. They deliver it to your door on whatever day of the week you would like it to be delivered. And it's just this great package. Everything is Everything is divided up exactly as you're going to need it. All of the things you need are there except you know, things like you know, oil and, and the pans, obviously. And they give you three delicious menus. And what I really like about it is they give you these three menus, uh, these three recipes, excuse me, that you can then go back and cook again. There have been recipes I've received from Blue Apron that I've went, oh, I really like this. I put it you know, in, the recipe, in the recipe box, and we've gone back and cooked it again. And then you're able to cook these recipes with by yourself, with mm-hmm. your significant other, with your friends, whoever you'd like to. And it's just it's a great way to it's a great way to eat, I think. And I absolutely love doing it. It gets you out of your routine. So I think we all have these routines. You know, I eat this, I eat this, I eat this. It gets you out of that. It gets you trying new things. It's great ingredients. It's fresh ingredients. And, wow. and I absolutely love it. Uh, and as we've covered many times on this podcast, that is the romantic time of the week whenever Ray and his wife use, <laughs> utilize Blue Apron in the kitchen. I'm telling you, just set a few candles, put on some Marvin Gaye, and there we go. It's Blue Apron time. Go check out blueapron.com slash rotofb to get your $30 off with free shipping. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, Ray, let's close it out uh, with a few more topics. Uh, the Raiders wide receivers will get a little bit of a bump because Amari Cooper sustained a few injuries. Uh, does this mean our favorite Cordero Patterson might get a little more involved? Yeah, and I think you mentioned Amari Cooper. We also need to talk about Michael Crabtree because this there are reports out there that he may end up getting suspended because of, I guess, because of the way the situation escalated. Normally, if a player gets kicked out, we saw this with A.J. Green then they're they're not going to end up getting suspended, but you know there there could be a situation here where where, Mike, where Michael Crabtree gets suspended. So we'll have to see what happens there, and that could leave the Raiders needing two wide receivers. In that case, then maybe you are interested in Cordero Patterson. He had a massive play right at the end of the game that basically sealed the game for them, and that made his stat line look a lot better than Seth Roberts and and Johnny Holton's. And yes, those are the names that. That we're talking about at this point. But if I had to take a just a shot in the dark at one of these Raiders receivers, I'm going to go with Seth Roberts. He played more snaps uh, last week. He has he's he's the most likely, even if Michael Crabtree is not out, he's the most likely to continue to see targets, be one of those top two receivers, kind of take that Amari Cooper spot. And he's been more involved to this point in the season. So I think that I think that he's the best option. But the reality is, is this is going to be a dart throw situation. If you have a good team, you're probably not going to be that interested in using these guys, even though they do have a pretty good matchup. But if I have to pick one, it's Roberts. If I have to pick two, it's probably Roberts and Holton, just because we haven't seen them kind of use Patterson in that way. But yeah, this is a this is a tricky situation that mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to have much clarity on until maybe even on Sunday. Let's close it out, unless I'm missing any names, with deep cuts. Well, I talked about Chris Carson earlier with Pete Carroll again with his optimism on injuries 
suggesting that there's a he's going to come back this year. He's recovering well. There's a chance he comes back this year. There was even there is even some rumblings that he could begin practicing as early as next week. Now it's going to take him a few weeks, certainly a few weeks, to kind of get back up to speed. I still remain dubious that Chris Carson is going to be able to return to the Seahawks in time to help fantasy teams, but it's at least something to keep in mind. And he's out there in something like 96% of league. So he's certainly out there in your league. If you just need a bench stash, a a kind of a hope and pray, maybe he's an option. And then Demir Bird is going to come off of. (laughs) Yeah, he is. There you go. He's coming (laughs) off injured reserve this week. And the Panthers have no other options at receiver. Devin Funches, if, if, unless I'm incorrect about how I'm remembering this game, Devin Funches was the only receiver to no. catch a pass. You, you, for the Panthers you are correct. And week. if you watch uh, Cam's, if you look at Cam's next gen stats passing chart, uh, Funches basically lined up on the left side 80% of the time. And like those are the only areas of the field that Cam threw to and completed passes. Like they have no yeah. one else on that roster. Yeah. So, I mean, and he can get down the field. He's speedy. He had a. He had a pretty good preseason, as I recall. So this is uh, just some somebody to think about in deep mm-hmm. leagues. Uh, that is Ray Summerlin. Ray hates gifts. He hates presents. <laughs> he hates birthdays. But hopefully he delivered a few waiver pickups that you should look at. Ray hosts the, the Thursday episode of this very podcast. I'll be back on Friday with Evan Silva and Roto Pat. And again, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and check out Roto World Live every Sunday, noon Eastern, and also Ray's paper column over at RotoWorld.com. See you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.